0: Rebecca Vega, and this is My Sober Life. Welcome back to My Sober Life. I'm so glad you came back. Thank you so much for being here. I think today I'm going to tell one of the hardest stories for me. It's a story about abuse And so, I want to say that up front as a trigger warning, just in case there's anybody out there who is actively suffering from that or has some trauma that they're going through. I don't ever want what I do to be harmful. So, I'm letting you know that up front. When I was 13 years old, my parents gave me a dog for my birthday. Well, they didn't give me an actual dog, they gave me a dog bowl, a collar, and a leash, and I think maybe a book. And my response was, I hope this means we're getting a dog and these are not for me. And I remember that is the first time I ever made my dad belly laugh really hard, really laugh. One of the first experiences where I found out I could be funny. That's a separate story, but that was very strong in my memory because of that. So I was so excited that I was getting a dog. I'd been asking for a dog for years. All of my older brothers and sisters had had dogs. We'd had a dog when we first moved to Colorado. I, of course, don't remember that dog, but I, you know, had been 13 years since they'd had a dog. So I was so excited. And they said I could get any dog I wanted, except it needed to be a smaller dog and preferably a beagle. And maybe you use this ad in the paper for beagle puppies. And so I did it. I did it all. I made the call. I called the farm and spoke to the farmer myself. I remember him telling my parents that I sounded so grown up. And I just thought that that was the coolest thing ever. asked a lot of questions. When were they born? Are they purebred? Will we get papers? We weren't planning on breeding, but you know, these are all the questions you're supposed to ask. So we like what we heard. The price was right. So we go out to the farm to pick out our puppy. And this little girl, puppy, her name became Pepper. And I finally had the dog all to my own. I loved her so much. I wanted to sleep with her every night, which of course I wasn't allowed to. I helped feed her and walk her and pick up after her mostly. And I taught her tricks. I taught her to sit and shake and lay and stay. And it was everything I ever hoped for. And so the farmer, when we were getting ready to go, beagles are well known as barking dogs. They love to bark. And so he said in order to train them to stop, all we needed to do was start by just yelling no at her. And if that didn't stop it, then we were to take a rolled up paper or magazine and smack her on the nose with it and saying no. And he said a few times of that and she should stop barking. Fairly common training technique at that time. So I was often alone growing up because my siblings were so much older than me. And by the time I was eight, they were all out of the house. So I was alone when I would get dropped off from school. Sometimes my mom would be out running errands or she had her own thing that she was doing. And so during those times, I became the person of power in the house. And so I had control over this small creature. And the first time that she made me upset, I took up a rolled paper and I smacked her in the face. And she cried out legitimately in pain and fear. But I, as a young 13-year-old girl, felt power. So I did it again and again. And on numerous occasions, there were times when she did nothing wrong. I had just had a bad day or someone was mean to me or my parents weren't letting me do something. And so I took it out on her. And in doing so, I made her mean. Over the next couple of years, I hurt her whenever I felt sad or angry or frustrated or scared. And so she became skittish and territorial. She would snarl and bare her teeth at you and growl if you got too close or pushed to her when she would eat. She was incredibly territorial around the food and you could not get anywhere near her or she would bite you. There was no question. She bit me more than once and she bit one of my nieces once. That almost was the final straw. We almost got rid of her after that. And she could be so sweet, but it really would take her no time at all to switch and flip. The question we all ask ourselves is why? Why would I do that to this poor young puppy who I supposedly loved? Why would I hurt her like that? And the saddest answer is the truest answer. It was all I knew. When I misbehaved or didn't listen, I was spanked. If I talked back or had a smart mouth, I was hit. If I had a wrong look on my face or didn't react the way that I was quote supposed to, or maybe I was in the wrong place at the wrong time, I was kicked. For as long as I can remember, until about age 15, 16, I was verbally and physically abused as a form of discipline. Fear ruled my house and it kept you in line. If you stepped out of it, It was your red ass. And for the last seven years of it, I was all by myself. The sole focus of the frustration, anger, and anxiety and stress. I've been called fat and ugly, lazy, ungrateful. I've been called a hedonist and a sinner going straight to hell. I've been slapped across the face for being a crybaby. And I've had my shoulder dislocated for not being remorseful enough. I've been pulled out of bed by the throat and thrown across the room for pretending to sleep. And to this day, when fingers even barely graze my throat, it takes all of my willpower to not cower in panic. So I thought, as a naive, sheltered young girl, that this is how we treated things and people when we were upset, even though we loved them. So I, I beat the dog. And I feel so bad about that, because she didn't know what was going on. It's such a confusing thing to be punished regardless of what you do. When your punishment relies wholly on the mood of the other person, it is completely unpredictable. You don't even seem upset would be something that would be said to me if I was in trouble, if I wasn't crying. So the next time I made sure to act upset, oh, you're such a cry baby. Okay, so which, which is the right way? How am I supposed to be? Just tell me what to do and I will do it. I just don't want you to hurt me anymore. For the better part of the last four decades, I have been afraid. I've been afraid of failing or succeeding. I've been afraid of letting people down or living up to or exceeding their expectations. I've been afraid of what people think. I've been afraid of gaining weight, losing weight, making the wrong choice, making the right choice, risking it playing it safe. I didn't know how to trust myself. Every time I made a decision, it was the wrong one and I was punished for it. This is a terrifying way to live. And it's so hard because even though we are born with an inner voice that should be able to guide us, when you follow it and you're punished for it, then you start to quiet that voice, quiet that instinct and say, shh, 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 no, no, no. You don't know what you're talking about because out here, I'm getting in trouble and I feel like a failure all the time. Quieting that voice is dangerous. That gut instinct is now what I wholly rely on to guide me in my day-to-day choices. But man, did I have to dig so deep I had buried that instinct, that intuition under years and years of guilt, anxiety, stress, and scarcity. Trying to find it again was, at one point I was like, I just don't have it anymore. It just petered out and doesn't exist. I've spent so much time and energy drowning it that it's gone. But that voice, that intuition that every single person has is vital to knowing yourself. You need to be able to take that deep breath and feel within your body, is this the right move or the wrong move? I know that feeling now so acutely that I can picture myself in numerous situations, particularly in the high school and college years, where my internal alarms were ringing loudly that this is a terrible idea. Do not do this thing. Get out of here now. And I was just quieting that voice and saying, "Mm -mm, everybody else is doing it and I'm not going to be left out. I'm doing it. Man, there are a lot of times that I wish I had listened to myself. Obviously, at this point in time, I can only look back and say, well, I had to make those mistakes to get to this point. And it's really easy to say that now. But I do wonder If I had just made this choice instead of that choice, if I had trusted myself and gone this way instead of that way, if someone else had trusted me that I knew what I was talking about instead of steamrolling me and saying, nope, nope, this is what you're going to do. Where would things be now? Where would I be now? Who would I be now? Would I still feel as comfortable and confident in my own skin? Or would I have gotten there five years ago, 10 years ago? Would I have already been there instead of having to go through some really hard stuff to find my way here? But the bonus about all of that work is that it never stops. Even now, even though I've been working on this for more than five years, and then the added bit of the clarity of sobriety, I will always be doing this. I had a major situation in my own personal life, a true reckoning of what am I doing and do I want to keep doing that? And man, I had to really feel in my body like what is the right way to do this? Which direction do I go? Do I trust my intuition on this and believe that I can make this happen? Or do I fall back into the same patterns that I always have and make the safe decision and keep suffering for it? So it will be a forever thing. It will be a forever thing to connect with that intuition and not be that scared girl who hurt that poor dog. When I think back about her, she was me and I was her. We were the same. Being punished for things we didn't understand, but still loving the Punisher because it was all we knew. Pepper eventually got bladder cancer and we had to put her down. For most of her 13 year life, she had been a great dog, but the damage that I did those first couple of years could never be undone. And as I held her those last few moments, she was trembling at the vet. She hated the vet and she was shaking so bad. And I just sobbed and said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hope she forgave me. Thank you so much for listening. Send me your questions and stories at mysoberlifepodcast at gmail.com. Stay safe, wash your hands, and I'll talk to you soon. Cheers.